When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I am very excited because it's been a hot minute since we've had a guest. And this week, we have a guest. He didn't pick this episode, um, but the reason why he didn't pick this episode was because uh, I said, Brian, my good friend, what episode of The O.C. do you wish to do? And he responded with, they're all so good, just surprise me. So the goodbye girl it is. Um, Brian Rodriguez of... The High School Slumber Party Podcast. Welcome to White People Problems, an OC podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I hate you guys because I watched a lot of OC to prep for this, and I am addicted again, and <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it today. Just when you thought you were out. <laughs> they pull we just, me back white in. People, white people problems just pull you right back in. Um, Ain't that the fucking truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's get started. This episode, the only note that I have about the cold opening is that this might be literally the closest the intro music has ever come to cutting off someone mid-sentence. <laughs> it cuts into that theme song so fucking fast. Oh my god! I hope like as you go along in the seasons, it, we're just gonna get mid sentence cutoffs with like the California riff. Like that would that would make me so happy. And we return right after it. That'd be fun. Yeah my my thing that has so far been my favorite moment is like when it's when it's like some seriously sad shit that's <laughs> happening, and then it's immediately followed by that upbeat piano. Okay. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> like it's something about didn't... drugs, you know. Yeah. And then we have to kill them. There's a severed head in the kitchen floor. But here we are. We're we're back in Newport Beach. I'm excited to see Anna is still there. Not so excited by the end of this episode, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I mean, Anna, a character that I've loved from the second she showed up on screen, still loved her as she boarded a plane to Pittsburgh. So surprising no uh, one. Yeah. I mean, well, we're going to, I mean, the main chunk of this episode in my eyes is 
oh, cool. Seth is still a raging narcissist. <laughs> like, he, the man has it all and still is like, she can only be leaving because of me. Is this the first time, you know, Brian, we have someone who is a, you know, a teen movie, high school movie aficionado. Is this the first time that we're getting a, like, running toward the plane, but a platonic running toward the plane? Not a, like, romantic running toward the plane? It's a very good question. Like, probably, because everything's usually romantic. But there is... I don't know. There's just, there's romance elements. I'm so fascinated by this Anna thing on, on this rewatch. By the way, I, I don't know if I can use this terminology, but this rewatch of the OC has been incredibly triggering to me. Um, so I went to high school like the same time as the OC was coming out, right? And I, I didn't like it in high school. I didn't watch the OC in high school. I thought it was too, oh, all the cool kids watched that. I'm not going to watch that. And I, I've been... Catching up on it, watching it over time. I did a, I did a, my first like watch in college, but I think I have a finally enough years away from high school and from when the OC came out to really watch it even beyond nostalgia. But like, oh, I, I know, um, Matt, you say you're you're a Seth Cohen, but I was like a Seth too, and I see Seth make mistakes that I made and the narcissism yeah. that I had. That's like, what's so stressful about I, it, I, right? I'm is like stressed. You're right. I'm stressed. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm like watching it now, and I'm like thinking of every single time I made a situation about me in high school and college, oh. and and like, and I remember, I remember this piece of advice that ironically did come from one of the most narcissistic people <laughs> I've ever known, <laughs> and I won't, I won't call them out by name, but they they were having a a moment of like self realization um which they then completely negate it and then just continue to be the same person they always were but they're like i'm realizing that it's really unfair for me to cast people in roles of the movie of my life that no one asked to be cast into and it's like wow i've done that too like i've like i think that we all do that right because we're all the main character of our own story like if we thought that we were the goofy sidekick in our own story that would be like a problem, <laughs> but but I want to be now. Like as an adult, I just yeah. want to be the goofy sidekick. I feel like that's easier. But definitely at the time, it wasn't that that wasn't the case. So, oof, this episode. I'm glad you picked this one because, like, again, I, I related to it a lot. And not yeah, you're like, I had some shit. I got to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and this episode does have some really good lines, both like comedic lines and sincere lines. Um, there's a beautiful scene early on. Uh, where Marissa sits down next to Luke. Nice continuity. I forgot that Luke played guitar. So seeing him just like strumming on the guitar outside in the quad was good. But she literally asks him for advice on like, you had to see me with Ryan all the time. How did you do it? And I actually love his piece of advice of the sooner you realize it can never go back to the way it was, the sooner you can move on. That is actually genuinely good advice. (laughs) Like, like if I had anyone come up to me about how do I get through a breakup, that is probably the best advice I could give them is like, yeah, accept oh, yeah. things for how they are and move forward. <laughs> like, Can I just say that like on this rewatch, I cannot, and I know you guys have echoed this a little bit, but I cannot believe how much stuff happens in season one. We're in episode 21 and I feel like characters have developed 90 times over. We're talking to Luke again. <laughs> And and he's suddenly like wise from his breakup, but like again, I've been just in like a couple days. For me, a, like two days ago, 
Luke was this like dumb idiot boyfriend who didn't know his way around anything, just this like stupid jock. And now he has wisdom to give in this episode. So I, I'm just I'm I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, the so the other thing, and and you're right, we do touch on this a lot throughout the show, but like case in point, I really thought this Teresa Eddy thing was gonna go for episodes on end and I'm, I'm sure there's still plenty of time for them to come back into the picture but as of now it feels like it was just a three episode arc and now we're by the end of this episode it's time to move on to the next <laughs> random experience happening in Newport Beach like everything is both so dramatic and important and then so immediately forgotten like we're it's basically like Oliver Who at this point in the <laughs> yeah. show. Like, this was a horrific, terrible thing that happened in Newport Beach, and he gets, like, little more than a slight reference in conversation <laughs> now. <laughs> like, like, not even a reference, like, just, like, a bit. Just be like, oh, you know, the yeah. manic depressive, or whatever whatever it is that Seth says. Yeah. It's it's insane. It, that's the stuff that's insane. Other thing that's insane is that Marissa's little sister showed up, and I swear to God, it was the first time I, I've seen her since episode one. <laughs> it's I, I didn't know who it was for a second. <laughs> what was you had? See, that's the thing is that like they, they didn't they didn't show her in like any of her riding gear or with her pony china. So like, how do you know that's Caitlyn uh, if you don't see Caitlyn with the only other? like defining characteristic besides <laughs> the fact that she's the daughter of of Jimmy and Julie Cooper. My question is where does she live? <laughs> because I feel like we follow Jimmy and Julie constantly and she does not seem old enough to just be living on her own emancipated from her family. You know so, what I think like... um I think probably what's happening is that uh Kirsten and Sandy's maid who we don't see anymore from season one is probably taking care of her. They're living at the mall. Oh, there's home. probably a great sitcom. <laughs> there's like a great sitcom of the two of them living together that we're missing out. Oh on. man. Uh, so I, I am a sitcom expert. I love sitcoms. Obviously this is not a sitcom, but it comes at an interesting time because I did. I binge uh, up into this episode. Yes. But I felt like I didn't have to, this is when TV still cared about like, if you were just popping in for the day, like one, it, like you said, it has like that, um, you know, the catch up part, right? But also in the dialogue, it's always reminding you of things that happened earlier in the season, which yeah. is kind of nice if you're popping in. Like you could have this show could be running on a linear TV network, and it wouldn't take you long to catch up to all the characters. And there's there's a nice little beauty in that. Like you think of a show that's popular today, like like Succession, right? Like you can't pop into succession and they're going to have, no. they're going to have like a, a hour and a half conversation at a table and the dialogue's going to be great. The dialogue's going to be awesome. But if you don't know how you got there, you're not going to know anything going forward in the show. This show, you, I feel like you can pop in anytime despite the craziness. Yeah. I, well, it, I think that it's adorable that we still try to do stuff with like shows like Yellow Jackets and Succession where they still do the previously on, but it's like in 15 seconds, they try to tell us everything that happened <laughs> over four seasons yeah. to get us to a point in a very dense show where every single line of dialogue has some type of ref referential <laughs> subtext to like something else that like happened in character growth. And it's like, Oh man, I missed that in the 15 seconds that you just cut a collage of like, 
here are four sentences from the last episode that you should remember while watching this episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's what that happens. Where that's more egregious in next week's episode, where like the previously on has not one but two like them watching a TV show just to remind us that this TV show exists is in universe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's like it's like that. We need both of those. Not really. Um, I. I want to talk a little bit about Kirsten and Sandy, though, because you know that I love Daddy Sandy. Mm. Um, I love that Kirsten really tries her best to not let Sandy break his like moral code. Like as soon as she finds out what's going on within the father's company, she's like, "No, I don't want you anywhere near this. I will take the hit. Like you are a good man. You have you have your ethics. Like I will defend that." Now. Seth Co- Sandy Cohen will do whatever he can to protect his family. So obviously he's going to break his own ethical rules to do that a little bit. Um, but man, their conversation after the fact towards the end might be one of the sexiest conversations that has nothing to do with sex I've ever watched in television. <laughs> like It is. I mean, I guess it's a little bit to do with sex because he makes some like, oh, I'll take the handcuffs kind of joke. But I'm just like, why yeah. is this scene so like. Well, he's so talking about sexy. prom night, right? He's talking yeah. about like, you know, be like prom night, but whoever's taking the hand, and I'm like, whoa. Anyone remember like the internet circa 2003 when, or no, circa 2001 actually, when like flashlights were starting to be a thing <laughs> and like their advertising was like tight, just like prom night. Like that's oh, immediately God. where I went with this. <laughs> but, yeah. You might have to take that out, Matt. I. <laughs> <laughs> good for the conversation though it's good for the conversation but it's just but like to your point though that is where that is what i'm thinking about with uh with it it's like you're right like it is a very it's like a very knowing thing to say between two between like you know a husband and wife but it also has like no right to be it's just the, <laughs> it's literally the mere suggestion yeah he's talking about going it's, to prison it's... like he's talking about his wife going to prison <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's their their story is definitely like barely has screen time. We're 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 in the full point of the show of the OC where whatever the adult drama is is like just some little breadcrumbs to make sure that they hit the forty three minute mark in sure. the episode because we've got to focus on we've covered most of the Seth stuff here. Seth just being convinced that. Anna couldn't possibly miss Pittsburgh. She has to be fleeing the state strictly to, because she can't stand to see the love of her life be in love with somebody else. Um, and then question it's just for someone. Uh, question for for you, Matt, because you are a resident of Pennsylvania. When when she lists the things about like why she misses Pittsburgh, is any of that valid? Like, are those actual I mean, I reasons definitely... someone would miss Pit- Pittsburgh? I can categorically say that one of the things I couldn't wait to get back to when I left LA was the seasons. Like when she's like actually having seasons, I was like, yes, very much so. Because it's kind of like living in California for me. And, you know, I only was there for six months. So it was a very small sample size. But like living there, there was this element of like, this doesn't feel like Halloween because it feels the exact same way that it felt in June, July, and August, just like. People have put some spooky shit outside versus like 
when you're walking around and all of the leaves have fallen off the trees and there's a nice chill in the air and like people are bundled up extra tight and you're like huddled together on a cold hayride going around as like actors jump out and scare you. Like, I don't know. There, there is an element of like, oh, it feels more, it feels more like the holiday to me. But that's also because that's all I've known for most of my life is that. So like sure. having it where it's just like, it's just sunny all the time. It's beautiful all the time. Um, I don't know. There's a, there's a very brilliant uh, philosophy duo named Beavis and Butthead <laughs> who once said that uh, if you didn't have things that sucked, how would you know when things ruled? And like that's how I feel about the seasons. Fair. Is like you appreciate spring and fall and summer because you deal with the bullshit that is winter every year. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely agree with that. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think Anna's life was like back in Pittsburgh? Because she sort of enters this world, this wealthy, you know, Orange County world, somewhat seamlessly. Like she's different. But is the first episode we see her in the Cotillion one? I can't remember. Um, yeah. Right. Yes, and yeah. She, actually, yeah. Yeah. She's not like, oh, I don't want to do this. She's a little reluctant to do it, but she still gets in the dress and does it. Like, I wonder if she's like of Pittsburgh high society or she's just like some hipster chick who moved over to Orange County. See, this is the thing that's confusing to me because obviously I don't live in Pittsburgh. I don't know Pittsburgh, but I don't think of Pittsburgh as a hoity toity city with a lot of like. <laughs> no, blue collar town for debutante sure. Debutante balls. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like she's like not only not only is she introduced doing a debutante ball, she's introduced in that episode as also needing to leave to sail for four months or something. Which so is like, weird. Like, how do you get into sailing in Pittsburgh? Like on a river? Uh, that that confused. Yeah, me. <laughs> that was going to be my next point. Like, it's a very landlocked location. <laughs> Could it be that we should have had her be from Baltimore? Yeah, oh, because I feel great. like. Baltimore, with its proximity yes. to like DC elitism and water and all of those other things, it would make more sense. Also, it has like a little bit of an artsy side, in addition to being like a like southern, also pretty fairly blue collar town. But like Pittsburgh really just doesn't make sense. Again, I don't know why she misses it there because it sounds like she's a much better fit in Orange County. <laughs> she she really does. Um, so, look, I love Pittsburgh. I love visiting Pittsburgh. And, of course, every city has high society. So it does kind of make sense to me, though, that, like, if she's high society in Pittsburgh, she wouldn't seem like Orange County high society. Um, sure. But her interests, are, again, are what confuses me. But maybe that's why she thought she might like Orange County briefly until love was unrequited and she missed the seasons and such. Yeah, even though that's not her reason. Yeah, i I also think that jo- I also think Josh Schwartz just picked a random East Coast city <laughs> and called it a day. And he's like, I don't know, Pittsburgh's got a bit of a music scene. That seems like it's a Anna sure. Anna spot there. <laughs> Good enough for me. She honestly seems uh, seems more Philly than Pittsburgh, right? Like she, I would I would agree with that. She she definitely has a Philly vibe to her. I would buy like when they said Pittsburgh, I'm like, she's from Pittsburgh. (laughs) It really caught me off guard on in every way imaginable. Uh, So, yeah, obviously, yeah, she could go home for a million and one reasons that aren't Seth Cohen. It doesn't change the fact that maybe she cares about him as a friend. And of course, Seth Cohen, still in his egotistical way, can read a note that's coming from platonic love and still read it as like a unrelenting, like you've ruined me, Cohen. And need to rush to the airport 
to to beg them to stay. Um, and also, yeah, like just, the narcissism, right? Of like Ryan literally just got into it with a, a random dude, fell into a pool, and it's like, why? He's did like, you, give you this need to drive here? me. Yeah, yeah, I was like, <laughs> part of me is like, Seth, you are giving main character energy. You are quite literally not the main character of this show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are uh, the comedic side relief. You literally yeah. say it in like the second episode that you understand where your spot is. Um, but I have to laugh because I wrote a note that said, it's not a fancy dinner without Ryan getting into a fist fight in a giant public way. And then not more than five seconds later, they actually acknowledge it in dialogue. Uh, when as, as well they like, should. I'm just so embarrassed. I got... Yeah, she's like, I just got into a big fight at a fancy party. And Marissa goes, actually, not the first time this has happened. <laughs> so, like, the amount of times, there's no fancy party that doesn't end in fist fights in, in Newport Beach. That's what I've landed yeah. on. Yeah, how many, like, actual brawls did you see in high school? Because it's been half yeah. a year. Or like, I guess it's like, been, like, almost brawls like the here. ones in this, I've seen zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. And- it's literally like watching wrestling. Like there's a lot of like melodrama and a lot of dialogue. And then suddenly people get into a fight. It's interesting, but it's almost like if I was thinking this while watching this episode, if a fight didn't happen here, I'd almost be disappointed because that's yeah. what happens yeah. in the OC. Uh, to answer your question, Brian, five, probably five. <laughs> nice. Like not even kidding. Like I, I easily over the, over the four years, probably five brawl type things. Where, like, people were running and, like, aides had to come and break people up. Well, well you've we've gotten, I but think, But see, your full here. count of five, yeah, you've gotten more than five in a summer into early spring so far <laughs> True. in Newport. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> we were not, we were um, not as high, you know, we weren't socio, like, economically as well off as uh, the folks in this movie. You know, maybe... Maybe on like you know the why the axis is it's like you know the more money you have or the more money your school has the likelihood that everyone's going to be pissed off at each other. <laughs> um, and then the only other plot point that we do need to bring up is that at this point one person has figured out what's going on with Julie Cooper and Luke, and it's Jimmy. Um, another character who, if you had listened to me in episode one and two, I would not have anticipated being one of my favorite characters on the show, but here we are. I'm a, I'm a Jimmy Cooper stan. I'm still a Sandy Cohen stan and I love me some Luke. Uh, but yeah, Jimmy just kind of finding out and just kind of pulling Julie aside and being like, look, this is gross. <laughs> like, 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 let's just call this what it is, Julie. This is disgusting. This is your daughter's ex-boyfriend. Yeah. What is wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, it's like, look, Julie, we know that you miss 18-year-old Dick because, I mean, that's how we got together. But no, <laughs> this yeah. is gross. It would crush her. And that's... See, and this is where like I'm try I'm starting to eat my words from the beginning of uh of us doing the show where I was like Julie Cooper is just trying to be a good mother. <laughs> In this moment she's just trying to get a nut, right? Like she's just yeah. not I but this is again, I can't help but wonder if what we notice in the OC is like writer ADD or if they start something in, like like this the Luke Julie Cooper thing is told so quickly over the course of three to four episodes that I almost wonder if 
someone in the writer's room was just like, are we really doing this? <laughs> like, we yeah. should we should stop. And they're like, yeah, you know what? We probably should stop. But this is still an era where that is actually a thing. I, not the question yeah. again, but... Uh, so we're in season one. We're at twenty. Uh, we're at episode twenty-one. Succession has only had thirty-two episodes, and it's in season four. At yeah. like at this time, how many? Ep- I mean, you guys would know more than me. There's, what, how, how many episodes till the finale? It's close, right? There's like six. Six. Yeah, oh five my! Five or six. So left. think about it's it. A Twenty-seven episode <laughs> uh, first season. So you get like twenty-seven episodes of hour long, forty-five minutes, hour, however you want to say it, a year. You know the writers are just putting stuff on the chalkboard, and hey, what if Julie Cooper <laughs> had an affair? They throw it in, see if it works, and if if by three or four episodes it doesn't work, they might yank it again. And, yeah. and like there's there's a beauty to the art of that that we'll never see anymore. That when I watch, I get nostalgic for that. The idea that like, hey, let's try something. If it doesn't work, whatever, we'll just scrap yeah. it. It's just I... it's so bizarre, and I love it. I still can't wrap my head around the fact that it is a 27 episode season. I that is like su- a it's such a random number, but like also I'm like who did you th- what did they think they were making? I love Lucy. Like <laughs> like what show yeah, yeah. ever got more than 22 episode seasons at this point? WB slash CW dramas. That's just what you did. You just cranked them out. <laughs> Um, like, this is something, too, that, like, uh, uh, you know, obviously you mentioned I already a host show, High School Slumber Party. Um, and I, I do movies. I don't do TV shows. But watching this TV show makes me really want to go back and look at these shows because high school was just four years. It felt like an eternity sometimes. The yeah. drama that was probably two weeks long felt like it was weeks long. And this is like sure. one of the closest things I've watched that like mirrors that. And that's why it's like boggling my mind. That's why yeah. I need to like, I'll do it along with you. I won't cut you, but I'm definitely going to do this OC rewatch with you guys because I it's been awesome. <laughs> I heard someone say something the other day and it's, they're literally just stating a fact, but it was like, I I had a moment sitting in my car where I said, fuck, that's true, isn't it? And all they said was, you spend a hell of a lot more time being old than you spend being young. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like so upset by how true that was. Because, yeah, pretty much from the second I graduated college, I have officially hit adult oldness. And it's just been getting older as the years go by. But, like, it, I think it's why people get nostalgic for their younger days because, like, you really don't get to live your life much like that any point after maybe 25. Like at a certain point, you're just like, all right, now I got to get like a real actual job and I can't see my friends seven days a week and I can't like... You also can't treat people like that. You can treat people a lot differently in high school and the stakes, they feel high, but they're a lot lower. Yeah. You know, you can't... I mean, you could try to be uh, Seth and be that selfish with people, um, but it's not going to be endearing as a four-year-old, no. you know? No, no, it's, and as someone who like works with a lot of high school kids, like the stuff that we're seeing in the OC, like, obviously it's, it's to like an absurd level, but like the cattiness, the backstabbing, the like, like the, the grudges, like it, 
you know, a movie that came out last year that I absolutely adored, Do Do Revenge. Like, yes. that is still what high school is like. Like, there is still that that how dare you scorn me, I will try to ruin your life type attitude that, like, as you get older, you're just kind of like, ah, fuck that person. And you just move on <laughs> with it. You don't, like, decide that you're going to dedicate a year to meticulously plotting out a way to ruin their lives on the same level that they ruined yours, uh, quote unquote, ru- quotes yeah, around the ruined, word ruined exactly. in both of those cases. The OC, man, it's this was this was a tasty piece of drama, I would say, for the most part. Um, but I, I still, I still think that we're Joe, and I think Joe has hinted this in the last couple episodes. These last few episodes, it really feels like they're just kind of, kind of fill in time to get to the end game right now, like. <laughs> Oliver yep. Oliver seemed like the logical end of the season. You're not going to top the Oliver stuff. And it's like so I do think it's so funny that this Teresa Eddie thing is again, it, I don't know. Something could happen in the next five episodes, but right now it just feels so inconsequential to everything else. Um I mean, Joe hasn't said his catchphrase when a character will never be seen again yet. So, <laughs> oh, so just because, uh, which actually, it's a great segue, Matt. Um, this is not the series wrap on Anna. Whoa! All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Just like, don't hold your breath. Okay, <laughs> but it is. It's definitely not the series wrap on Anna. All right. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Let's talk about music real quick. Uh, there was quite a few songs that showed up in this episode. Uh, there was Alone by the Trespassers William. This song plays when Ryan and Teresa are sitting in the car trying to figure out what they're going to do next. Uh, Seth's favorite band of all time, Death Cab for Cutie, shows up with the song A Lack of Color, which plays as he says goodbye to Anna. Uh, Interpool with The Specialist plays when Ryan and Teresa have sex as Eddie stalks them from the car. Uh, Separate Ways by Journey plays as Ryan and Seth rush to the airport. And finally, Nata Surf's cover of If You Leave plays as Sandy and Kirsten talk, as well as mirroring Seth and Anna's quote-unquote final conversation uh, by the airplane. So we'll start with our guest, Brian. Of the songs I named, if you could pick one song to be the song of the episode, what song would you pick? Well, first of all, like, I don't know why. I mean, I do because I was, I was, uh, you know, a hipster brat. But uh, that's why I didn't like the show in high school. But I love all the music in the OC that we've seen so far. I loved this music. Like I was a huge Rooney fan. Me and my wife saw Rooney a couple years ago here in Brooklyn. Like this was, I love the soundtrack of the OC with that being said, I I feel like I have to pick uh, if you leave by not a surf 
because of the High Swiss Lumber Party connection as it is a 16 Candles, a song featured uh, in 16 Candles that they cover here. Mirrored in a different way. It's more of a can't hardly wait scene we're getting, but a lot, yeah. lot it, of... Is it 16 Candles or is it Pretty in Pink? Why do I think of that pretty as sure, a Pretty in Pink I'm pretty song? sure it's 16 Candles. Oh, no, you're right. If you leave, if you were here at 16 Candles, ooh, foo paw right there. Yeah, Pretty in Pink. <laughs> pretty in Pink. Regardless, <laughs> I love both soundtracks. I have both soundtracks. The only reason I knew that to... to to correct you is because that was also my pick for the song of the episode. I mean, not only is it a great song, Nata Surf, very underrated band. Um, if you only know Nata Surf for their only hit single, Popular, man, you need to do some digging. Because if you're listening to an OC podcast, you will probably love everything that they put out yep. uh, in later years as just being pure, smultzy, indie rock hipster music. <laughs> I didn't. Um, I didn't know they covered this song, and I was. I was like watching yeah. at home, going nuts. I'm like, this is fucking. <laughs> <awesome."> so, <laughs> All right, Joe, are you joining us as well on the "If You Leave" train, or did you uh, stray away? Separate ways, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's separate ways. Don't mess with Journey. Like when it <laughs> when you hear that, like you know that say that. I'm like, whoa, that's the kind of energy that we're bringing to this chase and then to see like i think i I think i was i think i said to myself when ryan gets on journey i was like ah ryan is to journey what julie is to bob seeger that chino riverside you know that chino riverside thing so yeah i mean yes the cover is good i like i actually really like that cover um i think it fits perfectly especially with kind of the um putting it in its like uh, context of the genre with the like airport goodbye but yeah I, I mean what made my heart sing was like the you know we don't even get to the lyrics it's just that beginning part uh the entire op- uh, opener of uh separate ways so i had a next door neighbor who i swear to god joe only owned journey's greatest hits <laughs> and not only did this man only own journey's greatest hits he owned it only intending to listen to three songs on that album over and over and over oh, again, which was Wheel in the Sky, <laughs> Any Way Ooh. You Want It, and Separate Ways. Okay. And he had the most powerfully loud booming stereo system. So in the summers, we would be in our pool just hearing those three songs on rotation for hours, <laughs> literal hours, even with that childhood trauma. Uh, yes, but Separate Ways would have been my second pick uh, after If You Leave. I mean, it's just an iconically great song, and I agree with you. You hear that synth part kick in? Yeah. You gotta be a little pumped up. <laughs> like, just a little bit. It also uh, honestly mirrors my high school, because like I was listening to these sort of indie tracks, but also you would take my iPod, uh, what do you call it, the iPod Nano, and a journey track would pop in there from time to time. You yeah. Know, it, it, like... Hey man, they, they, Steve Taylor, Steve Tyler, man, he had the pipes, <laughs> Steve Perry, Steve, Steve Perry, Perry had the yes. pipes. Yeah. Steve Perry. All right. Well, last thing on this show is we got to talk about some popcorn. Well, actually we're going to do two things on this show. Cause we got a guest. First of all, Brian, I want you to tell us a little bit about high school slumber party, a show that I love. It seems like currently the plan for 2023 is just to talk about the new movies that came out in 2022, but I believe we're we're we've come around that bend finally, and we'll be getting uh, 
some more episode specific uh, content very soon, correct? That is correct. I've recorded a couple of them and, you know, waiting to edit them and put them out. But I've been doing High School Slammer Party a long time now. We talk teen films on that show. Uh, had a blast. It's been a weird and strange journey, but um, finally, finally got a little bit more time to, you know, get back on that horse. And because and, I haven't covered a lot of classic movies. I mean, I've done many, but there are still some that are still on my bucket list and I will not, I will not be put in a box on the ground until I do all the classics. So, (laughs) so that's coming up. I feel like that's a thing that happens with a lot of podcasters. I, I, I know with like horror movie night, we're currently in this like post episode 400 where suddenly we're doing all these movies where it's like, I can't believe it took us 400 episodes to do this (laughs) one. But I think that there's a point where you want to prove yourself as an expert. So you're like, well, anybody could talk about Can Hardly Wait or 10 Things I Hate About You, but only so many people could talk about whatever it takes and get over it. So hell yeah, like, hell yeah. You, you like you Two dig your heels favorites. in early. Dude, both of them are masterpieces. Um, yeah, it's a great show. Joe, you would absolutely love the show. Uh, Brian, one of my favorite podcasts. I look forward any time that I wake up and see that a new episode is waiting on my feed. So it was a pleasure to have you on. But now, before we wrap up, we need to talk about pop culture moments. What is a pop culture moment, be it modern day, in the past, or somehow if you have superpowers in the future that you want to talk about real quick before we sign off? Because as we say on here, the OC, man, it was a moment in time. It was a pop culture moment, SNL sketches, soundtracks selling like crazy, people knew who Rooney was suddenly. It was a wild time because of this one show. Hmm. Um, well, quickly on the Rooney front, it was not really a pop culture moment, but I, sorry, I have to put this in. I do have another podcast, Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar, uh, where we talk Francis for Coppola movies. And um, Coppola connection here is that, uh, of course, a Schwartzman helps write the theme here. And then another Schwartzman is in Rooney. And they, they're yeah. both in the Coppola family tree there. But when I think of Rooney, um, I posted this the other day, and I guess you guys have touched on this a little, but the fashion in this uh, show brings me back to such, again, a moment in high school, and, and specifically the store Hollister, uh, where no. I, I shopped a lot. I hung out a lot because they had a front porch. Um, and I, I, look, I wasn't into Abercrombie. I wasn't into some of the other stores. But something about that Hollister, California vibe get me got me that I could still smell that Hollister cologne and perfume. I could still feel the puka shell necklaces. Uh, I just it was just such such a moment that watching this show, I, I said to my wife in the car, I'm like, you know, we have a small apartment now, but if we get a house where we could host people, I want to throw a Hollister party. Like I just want to throw a party Ooh. where people are wearing Hollister clothes and we're playing the music of the OC and it's just a chill vibe and everyone's got jeans and, and we're having a good time. So I don't know, past, present, future. That's awesome. I want to recreate that pop culture moment for myself. So you guys are invited. So yeah, and I, I think I, you just I, described Joe's next birthday party. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe um, if I could hire the guys who hung out outside of the Hollister, uh, <laughs> but like the age appropriate. Um, hold on. The, uh, Brian, you'll appreciate this. Then the first time, um, I'm from Guam. The first time I ever walked into a Hollister was in high school. It was at like um, not even the best mall in San Diego, but it was like just like, you know, uh, 
a small local mall. I walked into a Hollister and literally as I was walking in, like the lights, it was like, you know, that perfect kind of like, <laughs> like set lighting where it's like, just like lights illuminating the sweaters and the t-shirts and the shorts. <laughs> but as I'm walking in, it's the opening guitar riff of uh, Dare You to Move. And I was like, this is kind of magical. Like, <laughs> Welcome to the planet. And I'm like, wow, is that. it like this every single time someone walks in here? That. It's awesome. I actually have a playlist on my phone that I made for some friends who are going on a road trip. And it's called, Did I Just Walk Into a Hollister? And I, it's like what <laughs> I would imagine is like the the soundtrack of a Hollister, of a Hollister, Aeropostale, American Eagle type sh- uh, uh, type uh, store, but also like the OC and, you know, Veronica Mars and all of that. Too. That's so, the vibe. You got it. Yes. That's the vibe. I love vibe. that vibe. Perfect. All right, Joe, what is your pop culture moment you want to talk about? Um, I'm currently obsessed with what I am saying. I'm just going to set the bar really high right now. Uh, I'm currently obsessed with what I believe to be the uh, best and most interesting television show that has premiered in 2023, which is Beef on Netflix. Oh. Um, It is so great. It it is the first time in a long time for for a movie that, for a TV show that was not horror related, where there's a moment that happens in one of the episodes where I literally like lost my breath and like was genuinely shocked at what I was watching. Like it was a mixture of shock and peril. And and that's difficult now, right? Like that's really difficult how saturated we are, especially me, how saturated I am not only with just horror stuff, but also um, media in general. But beef is just so specific to a like Asian American experience and specifically like a Southern Californian Asian American experience. And it is like the best Stephen Yun is firing on all cylinders. Uh, Ali Wong is amazing. I think she's, uh, I heard, uh, I was heard a podcast describe it as like her kind of Jim Carrey turn, right? A uh, Jim Carrey, okay. Brian Cranston turn where she's like pivoting from like comedy into doing more dramatic roles. And it is, it is delightful and dark as all get out, but it is what I'm currently obsessed with. And I can't wait to like rewatch it in like another month or so because it's really good. So beef on Netflix. This also might give a little bit into our process about when we're doing this show, <laughs> when we're recording, because it literally just came out like a week ago. All right. Well, I'm putting beef on my list. Um, so I talked about a couple, it may have even been a few months ago, that uh, one of my pop culture things was that I'd finished watching Friends. Um well, there was one piece of Friends stuff that I still had to watch, and it feels appropriate to talk about it right now because last podcast that I did with Brian was tied to Friends anyway. Uh, we were talking about the Rembrandts, I'll Be There For You on One Hit Thunder. Uh, I finally watched the HBO Max Friends reunion special that they did. And man, what a mixed bag that show is. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, have either of you watched it yet? Oh, I watched yes. it the night it came out. I was um I was in Seattle with my family. The stuff that's like the mini documentaries stuff. The parts that are great are the parts without the live audience yeah. and fucking James, um, James Corden. What's his face? James Corden. James Corden. Uh, All of those moments 
is are so rough, but like the parts where it's just them alone, like reminiscing about the show and walking around the sets and like the talking heads from fans all around the world, like that stuff is so well done and so be- it's it is the most mixed bag reunion special I've ever watched because it's like get rid of the James Corden live stuff, just get rid of it, and then you'd have the perfect way to do any of these reunions because I don't think at our core most of us want a movie or a a new season of a show that we love we just want to see the people that we like talk about the show that we like yes and like not tamper it like absolutely everyone every once in a while there's like oh Bill Lawrence thinks that there still might be one more season of Scrubs or there might be another Scrubs movie and I'm like no no, it was good. And then ABC made you do that weird intern season. Like, just call it. Call it. It's perfect. Just put them all on a show together on a couch and let them talk about their favorite memories and be done with it. Show, <laughs> like, show us that you love it as much as us watching. Right? Yes. We don't need. Or at least pretend. Or pretend. Pretend to love pretend it. Pretend is even us. better sometimes. But <laughs> yeah, no, James Corden was one of the producers and. He he was like, oh, no, you know, I was just trying to help my production company. But he just wanted to insert himself in that universe and do that part. Yeah, that part was not it was cringeworthy, the part with him. Yeah. yeah. But like just the natural they felt they even the, if they were faking it, they felt so natural when they were on the Dude. set, just talking to each other, reminiscing and finding their signatures on parts of the set and stuff like it was, it was, there was emotional moments in that special. None of them came from James. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to end on a bad taste, but that was truly a, I remember when that, I mean, I remember when that got announced, people were like, no fucking way. Like no one thought that it would happen. And then COVID made it so that it almost did not And then, and then there it was. But yeah, it was definitely was a pop culture moment. And it was like 75% great. And that's all I'll say about that. Brian, thank you as always. You're always a pleasure to have on any show. I'm so excited to hear that there's a lot of high school slumber party locked and loaded and ready to come down the pipe. So I will uh, keep my ear holes ready for that. Joe. Next week, it's just you and I all over again for some more oh, white people It's problems. a good episode, though. Sorry not to cut you off, but ne- next week's episode, <laughs> good episode. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> listening to the Geekscape Network.